mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And that's when I started to get very frustrated with my faith. Do you have any frustrations with religion? Many. Mm. Many. <laughs> oh, where do we... <laughs> where do we begin? I refuse to believe that I have to rely on myself for everything. Yeah. I refuse to believe... And that that is with the most benefit. Hello and welcome to the To My Sisters podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Courtney and we are your online sisters and hosts of the To My Sisters podcast. Now we are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's conversation, sisters, we are going to be having... A deep dive into our spirituality. Deep dive. Yeah. Why not come and talk about our spirituality? This was actually a video that was requested by one of the sisters on YouTube. Shout out to you, Marcy. Marcy. Thank you so much for requesting it. She wanted us to talk about our journey to spirituality. Any tips we have for somebody trying to go on a spiritual journey um, or trying to invest in their spirituality. But also they wanted to know like the the depths of how not our deep, spirituality not deep calls on yeah to they deep. wanted to know more about us i don't know so you know, is it okay we'll profess your faith <laughs> to the nations sis wanted to know how our spirituality affects our decision making um and yeah our journey mm. our journey of wow. becoming christians i guess yeah that's what I they was call about to say because that whole spirituality stuff like I can only speak from the Christian perspective. Yeah, that's that's actually a disclaimer to give with this episode. Religion, faith, spirituality it is so personal. And we respect the fact that, and we love the fact that the sisterhood is filled with so much diversity, diversity of thought, diversity um, in the way that we all look, but also in diversity in the things that we believe in. That's mm. as the the words were saying. <laughs> they the were words. running away. They were running you away. were so deep into the spirituality yeah, that, that I, yeah. the bodily stuff is just out. <laughs> we're out here, man. It's all basic. Um yeah, no, we are we are so in love with the fact that we have diversity of belief in this community and in this sisterhood. Sure. So this is not um an episode where we are telling you what to believe in we are telling you what we believe in and mm-hmm. i think it's important to make that clarification this is what we believe in you just want to come and talk about our journeys and if it resonates with you hopefully it resonates with you you can relate um, and it can help you figure out how to navigate your own spirituality and Precisely. give you things to think about but i know some people get a bit weird like bit when antsy. yeah because you know some people don't believe in god don't believe in even needing to be spiritual mm. also some people have different beliefs about how to be spiritual and Precisely. so we are respectful around here when you're talking to each other in the comments and the sisterhood be respectful respect everybody um but yeah that's the disclaimers aside that was a long intro so you we're gonna have get to give straight these into... disclaimers before yeah. somebody comes at you sideways <laughs> sideways yeah but yeah sorry guys ding 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 dilemma. let's get into it let's go and this dilemma is actually very relevant um to this episode we're going to talk about. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, Courtney and Renee. Hi. What's up, baby girl? I absolutely love you guys and the amazing work you do on this podcast. Your honesty and openness is what always draws me to you. Now it's time for me to practice some honesty. Okay. 
Mm. Okay, I had sex last week oh. for the first time oh. and I feel terrible that's, about oh it. Oh my God, that's so honest. <laughs> she says, oh, um, honestly said, and I'm openness. I'm about to be honest. Listen, that's, it up. that's what the sisterhood is I all was, about. Rather, I was throwing it back. Sex, sex last week and there you go. I was throwing it back. It was with a guy I had been with for six months. Mm-hmm. I am 20, he's 24. Beforehand, okay. we had spoken about celibacy and Christianity and I had told him I was celibate but he we went to a hotel over the weekend. Wow. So, so stupid. Right. I know. Happens, happens and well dot 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 i find myself replaying what happened and all the points where i could have stopped it i know this wasn't something that just happened overnight but it is due to the foundations we set in our relationship my question is how do i forgive myself and deal with the pressures that will come when my parents find out I know God has forgiven me and I've repented, but I've been struggling mentally and crying myself to sleep because of how terrible I feel. I kept my celibacy for so long and I feel like I've disappointed myself and everyone around me. I can't even bring myself to explain to my friends why I'm so down because they will be so shocked as no one would have expected this from me. My mental health is in the gutter and it's exam season, so that's not helping. As Christian ladies, what advice do you have oh, for me? Oh, honey. This resonates with me so strongly, sis, because definitely been there and done that. I really love this dilemma because I think it opens the door to talking about a lot of things that we don't have much honest conversations about as mm. women, especially not just like externally, but also internally, right? Like when we're talking about like sex and sexuality and sexual urges and mm. stuff like that especially as women there's still so much stigma attached to sex sexual desires and in this case what we would say is sexual sin Mm. and even this whole idea of like sex being bad and like you know having sex being something that oh once you give it up that's that's it it's just like girl i wish i could give you a hug right now because when i say i was in that exact same situation in so far as you really like not not even like you love somebody Mm. and one of the ultimate expressions for love is sex and when you have been brought up in a particular like household Mm -hmm. or in you know your cultural norms um underpin this whole notion of sex being bad until you're married and sex being like evil and just terrible and things that you should not partake in until you have that ring on your finger a lot of women actually grow up being afraid of sex and afraid to engage with their partners despite harboring very intense feelings of sexual desire Mm -hmm. and i definitely resonate insofar as i was absolutely terrified of having sex Mm -hmm. i was terrified of the whole bruh i was terrified of sex Mm -hmm. i was terrified of what were actual normal natural feelings inside mm. of me i was like oh my goodness i find this man attractive oh my god how can this be you know like oh my goodness i want to do things with him sick i'm sick i'm sick i'm sick in the head, <laughs> sick in the head. i shouldn't <laughs> even be thinking about it and it's like you also what makes it more difficult particularly when it comes to things like abstinence is mm. when there is actually somebody in the picture right mm. when there's somebody that you're attracted to somebody that you're you know i'm doing the whole i'm walking with god yeah but you're fine it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to walk with God when you've been stopped by the peen. <laughs> you have been stopped. We're keeping it a hundred here. It's true. It's you've a been big stopped. Obstacle for some it is a huge. Small. So, but you don't know. kill me today, Courtney. Don't kill me today. We'll have that. We'll have that discussion <laughs> another time. It's and an obstacle, time. nonetheless. It's an obstacle. Yeah. And some of us, rather than going around it, we decide to go through it or on it. Or I love that you run with my analogies. <laughs> I love it. I actually love it and I love you. Um, and I think 
there's mm. also that intense feeling of shame, mm. right? The cultural shame that mm. we attach to women who have had sex. Yeah. So, you know, even the fact that you're saying, you know, oh, what will my parents do when they find out? It's like, well, part of me is like, do they have to find out? Mm. It depends on your relationship with your parents, right? And mm. like what that looks like and what that sounds like. But the first thing that I want to say to you is sex and feeling like you desire sex is normal very, and natural. Very. Okay. That's okay. Sex is something that's good. Come on. Even though it's been, you know, destroyed and warped by culture and environments and the world that we live in today and social media, sex is a natural process. It's okay to feel sexual desires. It's okay to be attracted to the person that you're actually with. And it's okay and it's normal for this to be difficult. Mm. Speaking from the Christian perspective as well, right? Things like fornication, things like sex in general. And I think it's important to dis- to make the distinction between sex and fornication because we use the two interchangeably. It's the circumstance that defines when sex is good or bad, but the act itself is actually not evil. It was intended for good. Mm-hmm. But from the Christian perspective, we believe in redemption, sis. Mm-hmm. So as much as we have, you know, cultural norms that have completely warped our idea of like understanding virginity and celibacy and abstinence, there will always be redemption for you. So don't think that because you have had sex, that's the end of the line. Salvation, you're still saved, baby girl. It's okay. No doubt about it. You're still saved. Perhaps you need to repent. Mm. And it seems like, precisely, it seems like, you know, this is something that, you know, you feel very bad about, which is okay. That's fine. You know, you stepped out of the precepts that you have set for yourself and the precepts that you've set with your partner Mm -hmm. and the precepts that you've set set with God. But that doesn't mean that you're beyond saving or Mm. outside the realms of redemption. Okay. This is the kind of thing that actually happens to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And this is something that quite a lot of people struggle with Mm -hmm. individually as well as together Mm -hmm. that people don't really talk about. Mm -hmm. Right. And don't think that because of this particular brand of sexual sin that you're somehow like outside of what are you know the norms of other people Mm. look girl there are so many people that are struggling with sexual sins that look different to yours right how many of us are precisely or just sin in general right how many of us are you know addicted to pornography how many of us are you know sexual sadists on the rap sorry i've been watching a lot of criminal minds can (laughs) you tell how many of us are doing really warped and depraved things but because this particular brand of sin Mm. and this particular brand of what it means to be a woman has been transcribed and transposed onto us from such young ages and has walked with us for so long that we feel shame Mm. in partaking in an act that really shouldn't define us Mm. and this is the thing for for women for a long period of time in so many different like cultural norms and cultural spaces sex has always defined us Mm. that gatekeeping that um guarding of sex Mm. right and Whilst it is important, again, as a Christian and just reaffirming yourself actually in the faith as well during this time is really, really important because it's so easy for yourself. It's so easy for you to allow yourself to get carried away and condemn yourself when that's actually not the the message of your faith. Mm. That's actually not. So I would say, actually, because you've stated you're a Christian, sis, go back to the word. Mm -hmm. Don't be listening to the words that are actually inside of you internally, as well as the words of like, your environment really and your cultural norms yeah. and what you think people yeah. or what you think a Christian should look like yeah. or what a, a Christian should do in these circumstances, you actually need to go back to the word. And I think you'll be very surprised as to what the word has to say Come about on. folks like you. 
Mm. go back to the word that's my first thing that i would say Mm. the second thing that i would say is you need to reconcile with your partner as well Mm. because this is a journey obviously you're doing this you know alone insofar as this is your body but this is also something that you've engaged with with another person Mm. right sex is an exchange it's an engagement with somebody else you need to actually have that conversation or have that engagement with the person that you had sex with and really like understand like how did this happen right like and why did this happen? Of mm. course, you know why you're attracted to ETC, ETC. But in terms of if you want to prevent it from happening again, you need to think about the blockers. Yeah. You need to start thinking about like, okay, cool. Let's process through these emotions and process through the fact that it happened and get over it. And how are we going to do that practically? Mm. Because even in the word, it says flee fornication. Mm. Flee it. Don't on, entertain it. it. Don't engage with it. Don't think you'll flirt with it. Don't think you... The moment that fornication... The Run moment... Away. That fornication becomes something that's very, very real. You need to run. You need to run in. You need to go. You need to run. Pack up your things and Mm -hmm. run. So thinking about having that conversation with your partner, being transparent about your feelings and emotions, and then thinking about the actual ways that you're going to deal with that moving forward Mm -hmm. can take your mind off of that condemnation that you've found yourself in um, right now. And then in terms of, you know, what will your friends think and what will your parents think and da-da-da-da. I ain't going to lie to you, sis. These things are secondary. And they're secondary in the sense of because your celibacy is essentially rooted in your faith and Mm. rooted in your belief in Christ and his redemption, baby girl, okay, they can feel a type of way, but at the end of the day, it's you and God. It's actually you and God. It doesn't matter. And to be honest with you, thinking about your friends and thinking about your family, Not that what they have to say doesn't necessarily matter in the grand scheme of Mm. things. Of course it does. But I'd like to think and I like to have faith that you have friends and family around you that love you irrespective of the things that you may do. Yeah. And you have to actually have faith in the fact that these are people around you that love you, care for you and have your best interests at heart. Whilst there may be some, I don't know, initial disappointment or like shock horror, people move on with their lives very, (laughs) you'd be surprised. I've become old news, babe. Do you know what I mean? And it's also not abnormal for somebody at your age and stage to have sex. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's not like a, something that's absurd. Oh my God, mm. she had sex with her boyfriend. I guess in strict, if you are like in a strict Christian community or like in a strict religious religious circle, it could fairs. have serious repercussions. I mean, fairs, yeah. fairs, fairs. In that case, you might just not want to say anything 100%. at all. You might just want to keep that between you and your beloved. 100%. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what I'd say. I don't, oh girl, I like, I wish I could give you a hug right now because mm. there's just so much, there's so many of us who have been in that situation where yeah. it's like, damn, I gave it up. Yeah. Or like, damn, I, I, you know, I let myself go. Yeah. And it's like, I get it and yeah. it happens, but you actually have to let it go. Mm. Process through it, but you actually have to get it, let it go because mm. you're so much more than this. Mm. And in hindsight, I promise you, like come a couple of months, couple of years, you will look back and be like, damn i gave myself a hard time i gave myself such a hard time yeah. but yeah i'm intrigued to hear, hear what you you'd have to say miss courtney everything that you said was as like completely spot on i think i want to talk about it from the angle of i think a lot of people when it comes down to like religious circles and stuff um and people's critique of it and just generally because of the place that society the trends that society takes and the turns that is taken across history, mm. grappling with this idea of virginity and its sacredness right, and right. how attached we as women are to it. 
And one thing I would say is, unfortunately, the way that purity culture, which is seeped into a lot of religious circles, especially Christian circles, Mm. has taught us to relate to things like uh, sex, virginity, um, chastity, purity, and all of these concepts, 100%, is viewed um, from the lens of punishment, Mm -hmm. condemnation, Mm -hmm. shame. Yeah. Um, the idea that if I do these things, if I do sin or if I go against uh, God in some kind of way, I will not be deserving of anything good. Um, And then marrying that with a world that tells women, like you said, to be ashamed about sex, to be embarrassed about sex and to not really assert their sexual agency. Those two together make virginity or rather make purity more about fearing society than it is actually fearing God. Mm. And if you don't realize, if you don't decenter the fear of people from your purity journey, your abstinence journey, your celibacy journey, whatever it may be, or just your relation to sex, you will constantly be in fear of slipping up and it will also pervert your understanding of sex. And the reason why I say that is you cannot go to a person who did not make a thing to define a thing and not expect it to be perverted or abused. You cannot take your purity journey and detach it from its core premise, which is not the fear of people, people, their reaction to your parents, your friends, uh, your partner, even yourself, your own disappointment in yourself. Mm. You can you cannot make that the foundations of your purity journey. The foundation of your purity journey is your devotion to Christ. And if you don't reframe it with I'm devoted to Christ, I love Christ, and then find out who God is to you, you're never going to have the strength to forgive yourself. And we see it as like, I'm keeping myself pure. I have to do all of this work. I have to try so, so hard to resist all of this temptation. If I don't, it's a reflection on me and how bad I am and how unworthy I am and all of these things when it's actually like no it's this is the perfect opportunity for you to discover more about God yeah and we often use religion as a restraint on people instead of giving them the freedom to discover who God is right you know and it's in our discovery of who God is and living in that freedom Mm. that we actually experience the beauty of faith and I think that's why a lot of people then retaliate against religion because it's like but I have these natural feelings right I have the like he was saying I want to have sex I get horny Mm. how do I grapple with these things outside of shame right do you have are we taught enough especially as women to interact with the concept of sex outside of shame and in a place of freedom even as single women or women who are not married right you can still have a freedom and a liberty when it comes to sex not necessarily having sex but thinking about sex understanding your agency and your autonomy when it comes to sex understanding your own body right Mm. and more so in the sense of not being ashamed not being afraid um not being Because what you have to understand, like biblical concepts is still within the context of a historical period and and also a culture, right? In our modern day right now, maintaining biblical principles such as the laws of God and the things that God calls us to do, that's still important to do. Mm. But then how do you contextualize it to our time? What are the things we have to fight against? Something like shame and embarrassment and shyness and coyness towards sex 
is not a commandment. Yeah. It's a culture. Yeah. And we treat these things like, well, that's a commandment. Why should a girl be talking about sex? That's not a, it's not, it doesn't break any commands. That's a culture. Do you get what I mean? So we need to kind of adapt our beliefs around sex, the culture that we have for the sex culture that we have in church or the lack thereof Mm. or the lack of openness that we have in our culture. Mm. Um, And I think that will give women like sis in the dilemma, give them the freedom to start realizing that, okay, because men don't deal with this. I was even about to say, men don't deal with this. Like these, you know, you hear the, yeah, like you hear the tales of the drummer who's sleeping with half the church, you know, it's very bad stereotype. But who's going up to them and being like, well, first of all, people, people will tell them to stop, but people don't tell them to have shame. Do you get what I mean? Like you don't have shame Mm. around these things, but women have shame. They are made to feel like women who could just be thrown aside, women who are no longer valuable, Jezebels, people who are loose and loose women are rebellious and it's basically witchcraft and they're, they're basically scapegoated as evil. But what of your men? Is it that the sin is evil? Because if the sin is evil, then all their men are devils. All their men are devils, I multiple think so. There's multiple words. Right? But no one's they approaching it from that because they see them. it as, men. they have testosterone. Of course, they're going to be tempted. And if they fall, it's understandable. And it's like, if we actually took time to, and this is one of my, let's get into the episode because Marcy asked like, have we ever struggled with our spirituality? Yeah, and I think this yeah. is one of the areas where I have struggled most because I think people believe that you enter into we're christians intro we're christians um people believe that you enter into christianity you get saved and you no longer need to investigate and problematize your way of thinking right they just think your mind is already renewed and as as though it is not a process to renew your mind and the fact is your mind has been we 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 appreciate it when it's when it comes to secular stuff right Mm. renew your mind when it comes to casual sex renew your mind when it comes to giving do you get what i mean but you also need to renew your mind when it comes to misogyny Mm. and patriarchy Mm -hmm. and racism and all the things that the world the world structures teaches us to believe about ourselves and also about other people and one thing i love about christianity is it really it makes you investigate how do you see other people Mm. right Mm. and how important and sacred other people their bodies their experiences their cultures actually are and people don't for me people don't think critically enough about that and that's when i started to get very frustrated with my faith do you have any frustrations with religion many many (laughs) oh where do we (laughs) where do we begin where do we begin but we're going to get into his beauty in a second because don't think we're just coming here to like we said we are actually christians we bear the title we bear the title and we love the body but do but do we facilitate the function Mm, do we play out the function i I will leave you guys to ponder that um no, I'm trolling. I'm just being unnecessary. Yeah, I hope we do. I hope we do. Damn. At least we try and we put in our best yeah, efforts. Yeah, that's it. We're putting in our best efforts. First of all, I love that little like intro that you gave us insofar as like, you know, we struggle too. Because mm-hmm. I think it's so important that not even just like when it comes to spirituality and stuff like that, but just in general, people are open and transparent about the fact that things are not easy. Mm-hmm. Because I think the trap that we fall into into the modern day 
lifestyle living the things that we see is this desire to make things look easy yeah or this desire to make good. things easy just in general and it's like life isn't that way mm. and i think many of us would actually do better if we were accepting of the fact that life isn't going to be easy and we're prepared mm. rather than trying to run away from a hard life through all of these mirages of easiness so good because at the end of the day the mirage is going to evaporate and mm. then you're going to be left with a doubly hard life because you have no tools and no principles with which to attack life with mm. so i love that you gave that little preamble um but yeah in terms of like faith and spirituality and the areas that i struggle with um to give a bit of a background i've definitely been through multiple phases as it pertains to like spirituality i've definitely been all over the gaff. I've always been somebody that is intellectual in the sense mm -hmm. of I love intellectual pursuits. I love mm -hmm. reading. I love like finding out more about the world. I was that kid back in the day that's always like, why? But why? That says, but why incessantly mm. until whoever I'm engaging with either gets exasperated or is like, don't you think you have better things to do? <laughs> I actually even struggled with the concept of faith and mm. spirituality itself because yeah. I found it difficult to believe in. I found it difficult to believe that there was more to us than, you know, flesh and like our thoughts and stuff. I found it difficult to buy into this whole idea that there was more beyond what we were mm. presented with. And it's difficult because it means that you lose control in those ele mm. elements, right? Where at least with my body, I can feel it. I can touch it. I yeah. can hear things. I feel like I have control Yeah, with my mind. I can, you know, decide to do things. I can logically um, process through things. It's there. My mm. brain is, my noggin is mm. up there. My spirit, I don't know what to tell you, Johnny. I can just about, you know, grapple with it. It's an intangible thing. And I think that nervousness around tapping into something that's relatively unknown and tapping into something whereby I actually don't have full control was something that made me nervous and doubtful and scared for a long time when it came to spirituality. And I think also because of that lens, I always engage with spirituality from an intellectual level so it was always not necessarily to learn but more so to debate so i'm out here interrogate right so i'm out here interrogating all of the world's major religions i'm mm. out here interrogating like just the whole concept of being faith-based mm. and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so that was something that i really struggled with in the beginning which was letting go of the fact that i won't letting go of the fact that there will be times where i'm not in control yeah and it's really hard when you, we're already faced with the reality of facing a world where things are spiraling out of control. It's like, this is just another another thing I need yeah. to think about now where I'm, I'm just not going to have control. Um, and I think, I think as humans, we have definitely been created to worship things. Mm. We've definitely been created to like burn for things. Mm. And I think unfortunately where there is great capacity for good is great capacity for evil and i think one of the greatest like evils as a result of being human is because we are so great we can often look inwards to worship ourselves mm. and whilst it's great that we are great you know humans and all that kind of stuff that worship of humanity is what gives rise to so many problems that we see in the world today yeah. both internally in the worlds that exist within us but also the world that we actually inhabit when mm. we think of like wars when we think of like um, even things like capitalism fueled by individualism yeah. like also this is not a commie podcast by the way i'm still i'm still tripping over those comments says, you're a so socialist Marx. oh my god it's like no baby we just interrogate here mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. this whole idea of like 
being in control, I re- quickly realized it was even a dangerous pursuit in of itself because mm. when you have to rely on yourself in a world where, you know, things are quickly spiraling out of control, you also realize that you are not as great as you, you thought you were. you were. You are not as great. So that was definitely an area that I struggled with insofar as the whole like intellectual, like how do I grapple with this intangible thing that they call the spirit? And then how mm. do I apply it to my everyday life? Mm. And then there's, of course other things so like how do i relate to other people how do i like engage in relationships like even thinking about the reason why i really love the dilemma is that definitely resonated with me and my own story and like like relationship with your faith versus your relationship with your culture especially as a woman and what is defined as like pure or what is defined as like admissible and what is defined as like being wholesome like will i be Um, shunned from society if I think a little bit differently if I don't you know listen to or I don't actually enact these principles that don't necessarily come from faith but come from fear yeah so again like that kind of comes under this whole idea of like what is faith what am I doing out of out of faith and what am I doing out of fear yeah and I feel like that was something that I struggled with as well like am I doing this stuff because I believe Mm -hmm. or Am I doing this stuff because I'm scared? I'm afraid. Yeah. So yeah, those are some of the areas that So then how did you end up coming to faith then? How did I and that's a long story, but I will try and make it as brief <laughs> mm-hmm. as possible. Um long story short, I think faith is one of those beautiful things whereby you have to have faith to have faith, if that makes sense. Like 100%. you have to even faith itself. It's so difficult because faith feels like one of those vague things where it's like, oh, you just got to hope, you just got to pray and things will appear. And I ended up coming to faith once I realized that the faith that I had in myself just could not work. Mm. It didn't pan out. Mm. It just did not work for me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I was constantly depressed, upset. Like it just felt like I was trying quickly to... um, have you ever put your hand in like water and you've tried to like hold on to the water inside your hand and it just like seeps through the cracks of your hand? Mm. That's what it feels like navigating a world without faith mm. for me and my faith and spirituality. It feels like the constantly trying to keep things af- like afloat or like keep things within one space, but everything just crackling throughout your hands. And I think I got tired of that unnecessary burden of responsibility that I had placed on myself internally because my faith was in myself, which was something that was also movable, something Mm. that was changeable, something that was that had no clear like precepts because Mm. I could just change it. It had no clear sense of structure. It had no clear sense of order. Things just didn't make sense. Um, And eventually I came I came to faith because there were certain things that were happening in my life that could not be explained by myself. Mm. And there were certain things that could not be explained by my culture, that couldn't be explained by, you know, science, that Mm. couldn't be explained by intellectualism. And it was the conscious decision to A, let things go, the conscious decision to believe in something that's actually higher than myself, Mm. and the conscious decision to embark on a process of, I'm going to keep on going down this road and see what I find rather than going with something in mind, if that makes sense. So it's the openness to like exploration. And for me, I found Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And that transformed my life because it meant that there was now something 
there was now something that was very firm. There was now a strong tower that was in mm. my life. Before the strong tower, I was the tower. Mm. I was the one that was like trying to stand firm. Mm. Now I could let go of that unnecessary burden of trying to control everything in my yeah. life. And it also meant that I could actually transform myself yeah. with a belief system that was actually centered on love that mm. was centered on redemption that was actually centered on forgiveness mm. it meant that i could actually become a better human being by not focusing on being human mm. it meant that i could focus on on something that's far greater and far mm. more beautiful than that that's amazing i really yeah. like that that's nice damn that's that was nice. deep man <laughs> that was some soul searching that was digging deep i was even it feeling did. my heart was doing <laughs> faith is a difficult thing to pinpoint sometimes what do you mean or rather it's a difficult thing to articulate mm. like sometimes you don't have the sometimes i find that i don't have the vocabulary to articulate the sense of peace that i have found through my faith yeah yeah, yeah. i understand that i can relate to that but what about you miss courtney your coming of age foray into the faith of this is guys my my mixtape you're in for something that's really treat worthy but you're <laughs> yeah it's the way you're looking at me for me like what else is this this lady gonna say um but your understanding of like faith mm-hmm. spirituality yeah. how did you foray into the faith so you know um I wasn't necessarily, okay, I was raised Christian, right? But I wasn't forced to go to church. I wasn't Mm. forced, um, I wasn't any specific denomination. Well, I was raised Catholic, but I wasn't forced to go to church. Yeah, I wasn't forced to go to church. Went to a Catholic school. We both did. Um, But nothing was forced on me. Yeah, yeah. Um, And my parents were Christian as well, but they didn't really go to church either. So just very much like I wasn't raised in Christian community, I'd say, Um, or like church church culture Mm. um and as i got older and i got more independent i didn't really care for it like it just felt like a bit of a tiresome burden a ritual to just have to go every sunday and it's long i don't actually like these people and like you know i don't care you know um but i would still have that i guess that element of spirituality which was you know i pray before i go to sleep sometimes and you know if i'm going through a bind i'll be like yo jesus hey what's up fix this now you like sleep paralysis. I never had that till I was really 22. Really? Yeah. I'd never experienced if that. There's one thing to make you call the the blood Jesus. of the last. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, there is a devil in my room. <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. But yeah, so I um it wasn't till I was 17. 17 just a a couple months before I turned 18 and life was just crap in the bin terrible horrible like I absolutely hated it um Mm. and yeah I was just kind of like similar to you there actually has to be something that explains what I'm going through something to help me get through what I had gone through Mm. but also I wanted an understanding of why people were the way they were um and I think that was my fascination that led me to kind of picking up my bible and because I, I definitely knew 
I had had experiences of with people who were of other faith and mm. I had looked into it and I had kind of been like, nah, I kind of like the Jesus thing, mm. but I'm not going to go deep into the Jesus thing. Yeah. You know, I just want to go make it to heaven. Yeah. Thank God. Just on the, um, hanging on the Yeah. Coast. But what actually made me, I guess, take my spirituality more serious is, or more seriously, was trying to understand and, and find an explanation for at the time, the things I was trying to get my head around, such as abuses of power, abuse, um, inequalities in the world and stuff mm. like that. And I think it's interesting because a lot of what people, a lot of the things that make people struggle with faith is kind of what drew, drew me mm. to faith mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. sense that like people often talk about, well, you know, if there's a God or if there's, you know, if you believe in the Bible, how can you be like, why is there evil? Why yeah. is there injustice? Why is yeah. there all of these things? And I, I personally, I don't know what it is, but I have this perspective that all of these things are explained through our faith. You know, people, like you said, once, once people cast God aside and they choose not to worship something that's good something that's pure something that's just they start to worship themselves um and your worship will always make you serve that which you worship Mm. and so they start to serve themselves and when people serve themselves they abuse other people in order to satisfy themselves and having that perspective of okay the only way that you can really avoid that is to do things like our, our faith kind of makes us more thoughtful of suppressing the flesh denying the flesh dying to the flesh the idea of a crucifixion the idea of okay well then once you do crucify the flesh what's the hope that you have well there's resurrection you know there's new life you're living for eternity all of that like seeing that there are ways to enjoy things there are ways there are specific like you were saying sex is not evil Mm. sex outside of certain contexts a certain context is what's evil and it's not just the evil of fornication it's the evil of rape it's the evil of molestation it's the evil of all these other things right and so once we don't if we don't have this idea of like the sacredness of certain the sanctity of certain things um the gravity of certain things but also the sacredness of other human beings we will always abuse our power and Mm. will it will inflict pain and if it inflicts pain people will suffer do you get what I mean and I having seen suffering having seen pain having seen abuse I was just thinking like I I need something that holds me accountable but also gives me the power to not do this right and I think that's why like when we talk about friendships and stuff it's a lot about that self-awareness that self-evaluation and not putting it past yourself Mm. that you could easily become a visit the villain especially because it's easy to just start serving yourself in relationships and being in relationships, thinking about you and what you gain and what you, you benefit and forcing people to do things which are to your, are in your best interest, but actually don't protect them. And Mm. yeah, having that kind of perspective has come from my spirituality has come from my faith. Um, and having that lens of understandings, you may disagree. I don't really want to hear it. So personally, when I was 17, I, yeah, was just like, oh, this kind of explains it. I'm going to roll with that. Yes, this explains it. Yeah, that, Light I like bulb it. Moment. Light bulb moment. Like, oh, this this explains it. Like, I'm going I'm to roll with it. But also now I, I get to go in this personal journey with Jesus and, like, understanding that Jesus understands pain. Like, yeah. Jesus is not a God that just for me anyway, that just sits outside of pain. He actually understands pain. And I think a lot of us spirituality is so important because i think that is one of the main things that helps us deal with pain Mm. if you don't turn to 
spirituality for me to deal with your pain or some kind of thing that reaches into the depths of your soul right right you will turn to some of the most depraved things you will turn to sex you will turn and it's not that they are depraved but you'll do it in the worst way and in a way that inflicts harms on your harms on yourself or um, develops in you certain vices right sex alcohol drugs other other things other some of y'all are addicted to some crazy other things, things pornography and i've been there do you know what i mean mm. like all of these things as a way to deal with pain drugs like you you do these things because it's like i feel pain and pain is a reality of the human experience mm. right and that's why i love that the the hallmark of like our faith is a crucifix it's I mean, the height of excruciating pain, but it's not just pain that's physically inflicted. It's also the shame Mm. and the embarrassment and the, um, the betrayal that surrounds that physically inflicted pain. Do you get what I mean? And so sometimes we think like the greatest pain that we could feel is physical, but actually it's the shame. It's the betrayal. It's the fact that the people you sought should, or you think should love you, don't Mm. love you Mm -hmm. and actually are killing you, you know? Um, the fact that people will betray you over material things, the fact that material things can't save you. Like a lot of yeah. us feel that kind of pain and we don't know where to go to alleviate that pressure or to get healed from that feeling um, or that brokenness. And for me, I think that's why you can never really talk about pain and not talk about an aspect of spirituality. Yeah. Because it's something that is very hard to conceptualize if you were just thinking about being a good person everyone's trying to be good people you know but sometimes good is bad and sometimes good people do bad things Mm -hmm. and everyone's definition of good is different and people aren't necessarily trying to hurt you but they do you know and some people are trying to hurt you that sucks and they succeed and they succeed (laughs) no 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 biggest man thing they succeed you know and or maybe you haven't been hurt, but you've lost someone and you don't know how to explain it. Mm. Personally, for me, and people can call it ignorance, they can call it whatever, but I don't understand. Sometimes not ignorance is bliss, but sometimes knowing that I cannot fully explain things gives you a bit more peace. Yeah, It gives you a bit more peace because you you realize that, like you said, I have to let go of control. And actually, sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes that helps me sleep a lot better At and night, get through boy. seasons a lot better. Um, than thinking I need to find an answer for everything and even worse thinking that the answer can be found in other people mm. or even worse in myself mm. or in the systems of the world god help you if you feel like you put your hope in the systems of the world oh, child, because no. that's another thing right it's for me one of the biggest thing challenges I've experienced in my um, experience of faith and I would like to hear yours as well is concepts like power and trusting those with power and seeing abuses of power and you think to yourself yeah submission is hard serving is hard when you see people abuse their power relationships are hard when you see people abuse their power and i have struggled sometimes because i've projected that observation onto god and Mm. just been like people with power abuse it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but then there's it's there's this struggle to believe and i think this is why we have such belief in sisterhood and you guys call it some people call it socialism communism whatever and it's idealistic and it's utopian but there is a love out there that can be so selfless and so pure Mm -hmm. and so good that even though sometimes it hurts it has the power to actually heal and restore 
And whilst we may not be able to inhabit it or, or whilst we may not be able to manifest it perfectly yeah i think that we can we can all inhabit small frag- fragments of it yeah for sure you know for and sure. i think that there's a beauty that comes with that innocence and i think so so many of us are afraid to love because love no longer seems innocent it feels it's like it's tainted effect. yeah it, it feels like it's tainted with ulterior motives and people just bringing their baggage and wanting you to fix it or people wanting you to love them but not being ready to love you right i feel like for me when the world disappoints me i i have to go to my faith um and also when i disappoint people i have to go to my faith because uh that's i think that's even the worst one because oftentimes when we look to discredit faith Mm. and we look to discredit you know like the possibility that something good or beautiful can exist when there's such horror and evil that Mm. exists we often look to external markers for these things Mm. when to be honest 99 if not in fact i would be willing to say all of us can look very much inside and equally say how is it possible that good exists when there's such evil that exists inside of me I just think that that was one of the um, most transformative like concepts insofar mm. as this capacity for good and, and evil, evil existing within the same vessel. Yeah. And we're going to call it spectrum theory. Walk with me. Mm. So that's also one of my favorite phrases right now. Because the moment I say walk with me, everyone walk just looks me. at me like I'm about to, to jump out the boat because you're talking some crazy <laughs> spectrum walk theory. With walk with me. I think that because we have the capacity to exhibit both good and evil, mm. Two absolutes must exist at the end of the spectrum, mm. evil and good. Complete and we are just kind of good. on the spectrum. Yeah. And so far as are we going to decide to be more towards the evil mm. or more towards the good? But in the, ex- the existence of both, the fact that we can manifest both means that both mm. potentially exist. And I think that's also something that a lot of us struggle with. Like, how do we rationalize good and evil? How do we rationalize when we've seen the darkest of dark not even outside, but actually inside. And mm. I think it's important that, at least for me, it's important to know that, you know, the concept of God exists and the, not even the concept, but rather the personhood of God exists That's as so well. Good. Because I think sometimes we can have these lofty ideals and logical and philosophical um, thoughts around like, you know, the existence of man, the purpose of man and just stay up in the clouds. Mm. But at the end of the day, I think it's important to believe in the the persona and the personhood of God because when there is capacity for great evil, there has to be, or at least it's comforting to believe that there is redemption. Because yeah. Not just because the evil outside exists, but the evil inside exists. Mm. Like if I have great capacity to be evil, I also want to believe in my capacity to do good. Mm. So rather than me trying to find a way to discredit all of the like discredit the the concept of like good and evil and discredit um god's persona and you know look at all the evil that is happening outside it's uh i'm very very warped inside and i hope i'm praying that there is redemption and i've seen my redemptive qualities listen that it reminds me of that scripture in the bible where it's like cain and abel yeah it's like listen sin is crouching at your heart 
it's desirous to have you right and I think more of us need to become comfortable with what you're saying and more aware of what you're saying which is that the evil is within the question is will it have you will it consume you can it possess you and like that's what you're fighting with and that's it's like the dilemma right Mm. do not be shocked that you are tempted do not be shocked that something is knocking at your heart and it's like hey bruh what's that bruh it's me at your door (laughs) you know but the question is now can that lust have you Mm. right can that perversion have you can the greed have you and even if it does have you can it keep you Mm, because i think there's so many of us that are we are we give ourselves away yeah but then we think that we are ensnared by it and i think that it that's why i love the message and the beauty of Christianity insofar as it is a redemptive message. Mm-hmm. It's not about just being perfect. It's not yeah. about like becoming that angel and, you know, yeah. be, being Christ. Like it's about redemption mm. because Lord knows all of us on any given day need redemption. Mm-mm-mm. We need redemption. Mm-hmm. There are very evil and wicked things <laughs> that many of us think Honestly. about. Many of us do. Even when I think about something like power, right? When we look at things from afar, it's So easy. when you said that, I thought about the show really yeah oh. uh, even though i was just talking about it and they <laughs> say this is a big rich town yeah okay um <laughs> even when we think about power yeah. we think about it often in isolation and we often think oh how is it possible that such people can turn bad so quickly because of power they have all of these resources etc etc oh, we don't have power every day there's a quote i can't remember who it's by but when i came across it i was like this is so powerful mm-hmm. many of us are not upset with structures of inequality and systems of abuse we are upset with our position in them yeah because there are so many of us who are and the thing is like we are literally living our own um what's the word uh oh i know the word it's gonna annoy me if i don't remember it we are literally living in our own pools of hypocrisy mm. insofar as we are both villain and victims it's just we're choosing to focus on our um, victimhood in one lane and forget about our villainy in other lanes it's like oh my goodness look at all of these people at the top of the system that are you know manipulating us and doing all of these terrible yeah. things as our government which is fair and valid yeah. but it also exists in tandem with the fact that in somebody else's food chain we're at the top yeah. and we are doing nothing yeah. we have a lot of power and we're doing nothing yeah. so it's like we're in a catch-22 of we're locked in a system where we're both villain and, and victim. victim. Again, a manifestation of the fact that we can be both good and evil at the same time. And it's about on a given day, in a given time, which will you allow to have you? Given the resources, given the opportunity, given the fact that for many of us, because we're not actively benefiting, we find things as an issue. But if we were benefiting from a lot of stuff, I'm not too sure that things would be different. Like when I think of, you know, billionaires and stuff. Yes, there's a lot of people that are philanthropic and there's a lot of people who claim that, oh, when I reach this level of money and wealth and fame and status, I will be like this. You might be surprised to find that when you get to the top of that food chain, you are not not interested. Because the thing is, a lot of the things that contribute to us acquiring that power in the first place can often be evil can often be resting on exploitation resting on being your character sucks you Mm. have to be a terrible human being to get to the top Mm -hmm. like at what cost 
And that's another thing yeah. to even consider when we're thinking about faith and spirituality and like the kind deciding the kind of person that we want to be. Yeah. At what cost? Yeah. What is it costing us to be good? What is it costing us to be evil? And sometimes the cost or the price to be evil is cheaper than the cost of being good. Than the cost of being because good. Because the cost of being good is yourself. That's it. Damn, man. We are on deep, man. We are yeah, on deep. Yeah, no, because I the cost like of evil miner. is other people. That's like the cost, miner. right? If I'm going to be evil, what's it going to cost me? The severance of this relationship. You go then. But if I'm going to be good, what's it going to cost me? Denial of my own desires. Bruh. Bruh. That's me needing to push myself out of the picture. And the things that feel good to me and the things that make me feel like I'm in control and that I have power and that I have all of these things, right? I would rather sacrifice you over me. So it's easier. The cost is higher. It's actually crazy because, oh man, this focus on the self, yeah. It's when you focus on yourself that that um, phrase rings true. You're born alone and die alone. Yeah. When you focus on yourself, you will find yourself dying alone. Yeah. You will find yourself, you've, bought, you've been born here, you will experience life alone and you will die alone. I refuse to believe that that is the case for yeah. us. Which is why I, again, coming back to this whole idea of like sisterhood and the fact that we are Christians and the fact that there is an emphasis on the body and the fact that there's an emphasis on community. Yeah. We are relational human beings. Yeah. We were not like, though we have the capacity to worship the self, though we have the capacity to withdraw inward and really mm. like uphold ourselves. Mm. I just refuse to believe that that is the superior way of living. I refuse to believe that I have to rely on myself for everything. Yeah. I refuse to believe. And that that is with the most benefit. That is with the, exactly this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep one, isn't it? Yeah, no. And it's I love having one. these kind of conversations, especially in intimate spaces, like, and, and spaces where you can actually, you're dealing with matters of the soul. You're dealing with matters of the spirit. And mm. like, that shouldn't just be done carelessly Willingly. right yes yeah, really and truly like i've been pondering more recently about like the work that we do and what we get to do and just thinking that like listen what you give your ear to what you give your eyes to you give it permission to enter your soul mm. and the fact that people listen to us on a weekly basis watch us on a weekly basis i do not take for granted the fact that we get to have access to your soul Bruh. and but we don't want to be the only ones and we also don't want um your spiritual journey to just be contingent on us not that it would be i mean that's quite a broad statement to make but like even if you are somebody in a religious circle like it's easy to fall into this trap of making the community or the organization or the rituals the habits the weekly service you know church service or the prayer the prayers the relationship that you have with God, right? And I think one of the core pillars in our faith is this idea that God is relational Mm. and he has a desire to know us as much as we must get to know him. And so what in terms of going on a spiritual journey, right? Because it is a journey. It really is, boy. It really is a journey. What advice would you give to anybody I guess not even through the lens of them specifically trying to explore Christianity, Mm -hmm. but just 
anyone going on a spiritual journey if a sister is trying to invest in her spirituality what are the advice that you what is the advice that you would give her Mm, that's a really good one the first thing that i would say is explore and now that might sound very like controversial to some folks because they would be like why what are you meant to the christian folks would probably be like you're meant to be out here evangelizing and then the non-christian folk will be out here saying like what are you even saying Mm. right now but genuinely i think that because the matters of the soul and spirit are one is one that is very personal Mm. and one that requires active choice you need to ensure that you are very well informed before you make the choices Mm. in the same way that um you know you you make an informed choice about anything in life you make sure you get all of the cards that are available to you out on the table yeah collect your cards don't just step into things blind because that's also when you tap into a community a great way for you to suss out when you're being manipulated Mm. when you are being yo there's cults have been born out of this lack of information and knowledge is killing the people that's even a biblical principle you need to be keyed up on the information front so explore, mm-hmm. find out more information. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in this whole notion of spirituality, go and test things, yeah. go and ask people, go do your own research and figure out what actually speaks to you. Not what suits you, what speaks to you. That's good. Because I think sometimes we stick with things out of suitability. Like, oh, it fits my brand to be yeah. a Christian or a Muslim yeah. or an atheist or whatnot. It's not about what fits you. It's not about what is convenient for you. It's about what speaks to you, what speaks to you on a level yeah. that cannot be articulated necessarily by human words, but speaks to you in your heart deeply. Mm. What moves you? What principles actually resonate with you and the way that you want to live your life? Mm. What challenges you to be a better person? These are the kind of questions that you want to have in um the back of your mind as you're doing that exploration don't just acquire the knowledge for the sake of acquiring knowledge really test the knowledge as it comes right and that knowledge acquisition can come in so many different ways you can watch youtube videos for goodness sake you can go and read out go and read yeah read texts yeah like old texts too don't be out here listening to the new age stuff on the internet (laughs) and have that as your primary source of knowledge Mm. go deep research because when it comes to the matters of the spirit these things cannot be taken lightly Mm. it's a heavyweight mind Mm -hmm. body spirit slash soul Mm -hmm. that is it part of the trifecta okay in the same way that we invest in our mind and we invest in our bodies you've got to invest in feeding the soul Mm. so the first thing that i would say is knowledge the second thing that i would then say is again test test try things out go to the conventions go to the gatherings Mm. go to the communities go Mm. to the the masses go to the um the community the religious gatherings if it is um, a a religion that you choose to ascribe Mm. to and don't feel like you need to be sucked in because you know sometimes you go to like you know certain so for example i'll use a christian example right where you might be trying to find a church community that works for you don't feel that you have to go and attend the first church that you visit. You can hop around a bit, test yeah, out yeah. what works for you, what for doesn't sure. work. Test, 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 test. <laughs> it's important. Test. It really is. Um, and then also tap into the community of people that you have around you. Like your friends. You might have a whole host of friends from a whole different variety of religions ask them questions engage with them figure out what was it that sparked off their faith what was it that sparked off their journeys use your parents as resources as well like don't be afraid to start that line of questioning if it's appropriate though because i (laughs) realized there are some um situations where that's actually not (laughs) your your parents are strict something you're just like i'm not trying to get in trouble i have a friend like listener of the podcast as well absolutely Mm. love her and she's going through something very similar Mm. of like 
I was about to say unsubscribing, like it's a YouTube channel, but leaving a, a religion. Yeah. And the story, like the story is full of such like, ooh, this is, it's tough. Mm. Like it's really tough. Like, and like, I love that you said the matter of the spirit, the matters of the spirit are not to be taken lightly, right? Even within community, it can get very heavy when it comes down to talking about religion. So yeah, find yourself in a, a safe place. A safe, a safe place, space. a safe place. And then last thing that I'll say before I hand over to Courtney, because I've rambled enough. Um, spend time with your spirit alone. Okay, how about how do you do that? How do you do that? For me, I like things like prayer mm. or like long walks and mm-hmm. things that allow you to connect. Meditation as mm. well is a really great one. But move away from the things of the body, the things of the mind, and try to find spaces and pockets of time during your day to try and connect with your spirit. Mm. What is speaking to you in those moments of silence, of quiet? What are the things that are, you know, on your mind or what are the things that are on your heart that you might want to like write down or things that you want to record and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. It sounds weird and it's very uncomfortable because it's a very... um you're tapping into your third eye, man. That's really weird. It's giving those kind of vibes, right? When you say go meditate or go pray and stuff. And it's like, actually, it's not <laughs> as weird as, it's only weird in our culture. Mm. That's actually another thing. Mm. But that's a whole conversation for another day. Insofar as like this culture yeah. has very much. Cultural expressions of faith. <sighs> cultural expressions of faith and the rise of like secularism and the fact that, you know, your expression of faith is now seen as like extreme yeah. when you do things like and westernization right westernization as well right so these are all things to keep in mind when you're exploring your your soul but i would say definitely have some time to yourself to yeah. explore your soul pray pray is probably one of my favorite ones yeah. i'm biased because i'm a christian but i would say <laughs> spend like even five ten minutes just beginning or end of your day and just pray yeah you'd be surprised at the things that would occur a hundred percent a hundred percent and it's, it's a great opportunity to communicate with god like even if you can't really get an idea of what god looks like in your mind right now get a hold of like you said s- some of the texts and just think okay i'm gonna com- try and communicate um through this time of prayer like i i know with christianity and stuff i mean you may end up talking to a whole bunch of spirits i pray for your soul but like you know you might have to knock on a few doors damn that's sleep paralysis be like <laughs> god is that you <laughs> <laughs> wrong house <laughs> wrong house me <laughs> <Meanwhile, blessing less. laughs> but no i i love all of that advice that you gave and like just be open sis like be open in the sense that you're probably going to be challenged a lot of what you believe um may be challenged the, the way you view the world your viewpoint and your um framework and perception of the world may be challenged however if you feel as though this is rewarding pursue it um Another thing is, it's probably going to be really challenging. Like I'll talk from just our experience with Christianity. Mm. It's going to feel like a serious adjustment and something that goes against everything that you've probably known. However, it is full of so much beauty and so much love. And as much as there is, you know, sometimes heated conversation around certain faiths. And I know, for example, our sisters in Islam can definitely relate in Mm. the sense that like, 
the world can talk about something that you hold so dearly in such a negative light and it's like but it's so beautiful and so sacred in so sacred you know and i would definitely say just approach it with that kind of reverence i would say you know uh, uh, reverence as much as you may not agree or you may not um understand it's close to somebody's heart right. you know do you know what i mean and go and talk to those kinds of people and i think that's one of the beauties of sisterhood and we're going to explore it we are exploring it more in our book which is sisterhood gives you the ability to hear somebody else's story and not mm. have to assume and so many of us are having are painting assumptions right. according to what we see on the news and what we hear in news reports and you know what we hear in our own echo cha- echo chambers but sisterhood and your intimacy that you build with different women from all over the world different backgrounds different life walks that intimacy affords you the ability to hear straight from a person mm. what is your perspective what is your experience what is your what do you hold sacred you know that's a beautiful conversation to have so yeah. i love that you said that like use this as an opportunity to have good conversations with people and learn about people and clear your mind of your assumptions like don't assume you don't know nothing yeah you know we don't know so much i have conversations with people about like what they believe and i'm like damn that's interesting yeah i don't believe it yeah but it's so so but that's interesting and honestly like even in that experimentation and exploration of spirituality genuinely treat people with the utmost respect yeah. like don't think i think sometimes we can also think that oh because i'm this faithful because i believe mm. in this we can't be friends and yeah. it's just i think of some of the nearest and dearest people to me and some of them are muslims yeah some of them are atheists yeah some of them are christians yeah some of them are you know ardent um astrologists yeah yeah and also like back to the assumptions thing as well once you do decide to maybe like pursue something or subscribe to something engage with it far deeper than your presumptions about it yeah. like you may have heard christianity looks like this you may even hear according to our um experiences and what we've described that our expression of christianity looks like this i would implore you like you were saying it's it's a grievous impl- imploration please please pursue it for yourself and really go back to the mm. things that these faiths hold sacred, not just what people hold sacred to themselves, right? So for me, a certain practice may be, for, I think, for example, one of the things that discouraged me a lot when I was an early child in Christ yeah. was people working up, waking up super early to pray. And I used to think if I'm going to pray effectively, I have to be up mad early. Do you get what I mean? And it's like, in our faith, there's no times ascribed. Nelly from to, Wandering Heights. Do you get what I mean? Like in <laughs> our faith though, there's no times ascribed to, I know like in Islam or something, there's like dedicated times yeah, to pray. Yeah, yeah. In Christianity, there isn't, you know, it's just to pray every day without ceasing. Bruh, there's yeah. so many things, so many cultural things that seep into exactly. our- Exactly. So the thing is like with those cultural things, I was here feeling bad, like, damn, I haven't trained myself to wake up early and pray. And I know mm. there's power to it. I know it's great, but also there's power to just making time to pray you know, and being disciplined in that fact and also knowing myself enough. But if I was going based on presumption, I would have thought Christianity and closeness to God is only expressed in this way. When actually my Bible tells me to just pray without season. There we go. Yeah. So figure it out for yourself. This is a walk that you have to take responsibility for. 
Take responsibility. Do not be ignorant. Pick it up. Continue to learn because I'm not going to lie. One thing, I, I guess the last thing I will say is God is so beautiful and he needs to be known. He needs to be known. Spend time. It's great, man. Spend time getting to 10 know out of 10 him. would recommend. Would recommend. He's dope. Top, top lad. Yeah. Love you, Big G. My guy. Abba. <laughs> Jehovah. Jehovah. <laughs> Adonai, Come on. ancient of days. In this house, that's the God the we... Beginning the, alpha the, 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 the beginning and the end. The alpha and the omega. Beginning and the ending. You know them prayers? Yes. Oh, man. If we even had time, I would get in because one thing I also loved is just how, like, different Christians have their different, like, cultures yeah. that just make me crease. <laughs> like, you know, pastors will have their certain cadences. Yeah. So the African pastors, ah, beginning and the end. <laughs> and the middle too. <laughs> God, yeah, above God, all. Abba. God above all. If there's it's one thing I love about Americans, it's the storytelling element. Yeah. That's and I love the enthusiasm as well. Yeah, you go, David, Pastor David. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Get him. Get him. Listen, mine is the. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, or anyone watches Transformation Church, and there's always the lady. I don't know if it's uh, Pastor Mike talks mom, or there's uh, someone always in, the, in the audience. Oh my! Oh my! I've started to do it. Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Oh me! Oh my! I've started to do it because I think it's actually the most. It's the best. It's the best it's reaction. The best. My favorite to is get him, Mike. <laughs> Talk to him. Go there. Go there. <laughs> Oh, I wonder if anyone from Transformation uh, Church listens to us. But yeah, go there. Go there. <laughs> Talk to them. Break it down. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I but wish the UK had more of that. Like, we're British. Vim. We don't. That Vim. We're we just, don't. I don't even know what we do. We just, mm, mm. That's a word. Mm. That's a word. Word, 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 word. Jesus. Damn. You know what? You, we're confused. That's what we are. <laughs> Jesus. Like, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. Jesus. All right. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> thank you for so much for coming to this gathering. Bible study will be next week. The offering I'm basket. Screaming. We're going to put. We'll no, be because folks around. have been talking about this offering basket. When you see the link, look. <laughs> Donations. <laughs> Donations. You see this I'm roof? Screaming. The house of the Lord. We need Donations. <laughs> Okay, the body. Oh, God. this is TMS is the body. Oh, God. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode <laughs> podcast. We really hope that you enjoyed it and you were blessed by it. Um, and definitely leave a comment down in the description if you were here on YouTube. Go and join the family over on Instagram at to my sisterhood so that you can continue to just with us answer some of the dilemmas as well that you hear and join some of the challenges that are going on. Be sure to tune in next week to know about June's challenge. All right. And you can also follow us individually at Renee Kapuku. She has spit some serious gems. You want to follow her. Okay. What are you waiting for? Open your phone. And you can follow me as well at CD Boating. Be sure to check us out on all social platforms. We have a heap of fun everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, and our newest baby, Brainchild TikTok. TikTok. We're having a good time with the TikTok sisters. DJ, turn the speakers up. Turn it up, turn it. Reload it. (laughs) Reload it. Um, come and hit us up on our socials at To My Sisterhood on pretty much everywhere. And of course, you can always, always, always be a part of the sisterhood by yeah. joining our main link last. Yeah, that's right. The link will be below or in the show notes. 
And you can also check us out on www.seemysisters.com yeah, to sign up to that mailing list. That's where you'll find us there right you go. there. Uh-huh. We hope that you have an amazing week. And as always, keep glowing and growing. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com